The football world is descending on Indianapolis this week for the NFL scouting combine, and the Indianapolis Colts are deciding which players they like best in the 2024 draft class. So who are the Colts' potential targets on the defensive side of the ball? Let's talk about it. Welcome to the Horseshoe Huddle podcast presented by Fan Nation on SI.com, part of the Fans First Sports Network. My name is Andrew Moore, and I'm joined here, as always, by my fellow writer, analyst, and co-host of the Horseshoe Huddle podcast, Drake Wally. Drake, last Thursday, we ran through the offensive guys talking about who the Colts uh, were really going to have their eye on this week. Now it's time to switch gears. We're talking about the defensive side of the football, where some people might argue is the bigger need for the Colts. When you look back at last season, you know, an inexperienced secondary may need help there, more consistent pressure on the quarterback. There's a lot of different angles that the Colts could go about this as far as adding players from this draft class on the defensive side of the football. Yeah. And, you know, we were talking about offensive line depth and, you know, tight ends here and, you know, some wide receiver, you know, playmaking and depth, you know, maybe even double dipping there. But, man, you talk about cornerbacks, you could probably use a starter. You could probably still use a depth guy. You could potentially use depth safety, depending all on what they do with Julian Blackman. Hell, who knows? They might go early with a safety, maybe even first round. Who knows? I mean, uh, the defense really suffered, I think, at times, because even with Gardner Minshew leading the offense and rotations happening on the offensive line, the Colts still routinely scored 20-plus points a game. So you're not as concerned, in my humble opinion, you're not as concerned about the offense as you are the defense, especially if Anthony Richardson's you know, at the helm. So I'm excited to talk about these guys. We're going to cover every single position that I think the Colts are going to be watching, that we think the Colts are going to be watching, and just some guys that you and I both, uh, whether we're different on some or we're the same on some, we're going to talk about who these you know, uh, front office guys, Chris Ballard and such, the scouting guys are going to be watching during the combine. They're going to keep a close eye on these guys because you cannot have a 28th-ranked scoring defense again under year two of Shane Steichen. A lot of high-level athletes on the defensive side of the ball in this draft class, which is right up the Colts' alley. So there's going to be plenty of guys to talk about tonight. The chat is already popping off. Stats Matt, what's up, gents? Let's learn about the fun side of the ball. Stats Matt, a defensive guy, always loves to talk that side. Sarah is in the chat. Hey, Drake and Andrew, I love the defensive players in the draft. We do, too. There's a lot of good options for the Colts. And, of course, we've got deep in here. Hey, y'all, let's talk ball. So let's just get right into it, Drake. And of course, we appreciate you all so much. So if you haven't done so already, please go follow us on all of our socials like Horseshoe Huddle on Facebook, follow at Colts on FN on X and subscribe to the Horseshoe Huddle YouTube channel. Hit that bell so you know when Drake and I go live every Monday and Thursday night and we're getting close to free agency. So you'll want to make sure your notifications are turned on for any breaking news episodes. Only eight subscribers away, guys. I don't like to go on Twitter and ask for subscribers. I think that's cheesy. So please go spread the word, go tell people to go, uh, get to go subscribe, get us the 2k and then Drake won't be the only one drinking on, on our shows. I'll I'll be uh, indulging in some adult beverages as well. So, and then after you subscribe to the YouTube, but say you can't catch us, maybe you're like stats, Matt, and have to make a seven o'clock Walmart run, Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever you're listening to podcasts, go, uh, we're obviously on there as well. So make sure you subscribe, give us a five-star review so we can reach other Colts fans just like you so Drake let's talk defense and of course it's the same conversation as the offensive side of the ball high-end traits high-level athletes that is what Chris Ballard Ed Dodds Morocco Brown and this team are going to be looking for to add to Gus Bradley's uh, uh unit you know you're you're looking for those those guys with the long arms the the quick burst uh you want to have the again the explosiveness that Chris Ballard wants to add to this team it doesn't just apply to the offensive side of the ball it applies to the defenders you know you want to have guys that can uh have that speed at athleticism to stick with these high-powered offenses and then guys that also have the ball skills can be playmakers out there and take the ball away so you can give it football back to Anthony Richardson, Jonathan Taylor, Michael Pittman, and this Colts offense that they're hoping is going to be much much more dangerous next season and beyond. 
Yeah, and like explosive when you're talking about defense, if you're talking about the front, you're talking about guys that can get to the quarterback consistently, force fumbles, you know, constant pressure. With linebackers, it's efficient tackling. It's tackling, you know, in the running game. It's providing help when it comes to coverage. And then for uh, the secondary and safeties, I mean, it's easy. You know, you're talking about guys that can take away the ball. Explosive could even mean a guy who shuts out a receiver all game. You know, he's a blanket on a receiver. Or just guys that, you know, once they take that ball away, they're explosive in the regard that they could take it back for for six. So there's a lot of different ways you can be explosive on offense or excuse me, on defense and complement that offense. You just want to continuously give the ball back to your offense, because in today's NFL, it's less about, you know, bend but don't break and more about get the ball back because of these high powered offenses. So we're going to talk about some guys that we feel like the Colts are going to be looking at that have that explosive factor defensively that could help Gus Bradley's defense. Exactly. I want to give a shout out to Blue Nation. What's up to you? Glad you're joining our great friend Noah Compton, who is going to be in Indianapolis covering the combine. Wish we could be down there, yeah, Noah, uh, to, to chat it up and, and enjoy the festivities with you. But next year, buddy, next year we'll be down there. Hopefully we'll be able to catch up soon. Uh, and then Timothy Long will answer this question real quick. How is Anthony Richardson? Anthony Richardson is doing well. You know, he's yeah. down. He is continuing to uh, uh to, to progress in his rehab he is throwing now as we had talked about he's been still been making trips back up to indy doing different events but anthony richardson is progressing very well in his rehab so no 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 worries about that but drake let's talk about the the probably or arguably i should say uh the the biggest defensive position that the colts are going to be looking back looking at this draft cornerback you know obviously the the youth on that uh, in that position group uh, uh, last season, starting two rookies for the majority of the year in Juju Brents and Jalen Jones, and and honestly, they did help. They did hold their own. They had they took their lumps at times, obviously, like any rookie would. But in my opinion, Juju Brents, as long as he can stay healthy, I think you've got a starter. That's a very solid to to, to good starter there uh, on the outside in Juju Brents. Jalen Jones, I think, definitely showed some promise, but you definitely want to add some competition. And then, of course, uh, the the pro bowler Kenny Moore uh in this in the slot there Kenny Moore is a free agent I would still expect him to be back with the Indianapolis Colts but in my opinion you gotta look for a, a ball hawk at the cornerback position uh someone with more speed say than, than Juju Brents in my opinion Juju Brents is more of the physical cornerback rather than a guy that's going to stick with you with that but that burning speed so you want a guy that can take the football away stick with those wide receivers deep and and really be that burner um on the outside opposite of Juju Brents. Yeah, and you know, you've got Juju Brents and Jalen Jones, both physical corners. Kenny Moore the second is without question the best corner in the room, but he's more of the slot specialist. So outside of that, you really don't have a guy that can keep up with the speedsters. It was Dallas Flowers mm-hmm. who people forget that I mean in four games he actually was doing pretty good coverage wise and he's the speedster he was a return specialist that was one of the best in the NFL in 2022 uh, with Bubba Ventron as his coach so they still you can't bank on Dallas Flowers though and and a four-game sample size and say this guy is a starting cornerback on the outside you got to get somebody else who's got the speed and the ball hawking capabilities to help out guys like Juju Brents and Jalen Jones who as we saw with Juju Brents sometimes you can you can exploit him with speedier receivers and Jalen Jones is still a seventh round pick who actually filled in for Dallas Flowers who never really lost his starting position outside of an Achilles injury so we're going to see if Jalen Jones will still be playing as much as he did once Dallas Flowers returns but you still need cornerback depth and you probably still need a starter as well exactly so let's talk about some of the guys that the Colts uh will have their eye on or, or some potential targets so uh for for me Drake I know I'm I'm going to run doing the same thing I did on Thursday I'm going to give you guys an early round pick a mid-round pick and a late round pick uh to start out and 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 we're, we're gonna just kind of identify why we think they would be good fits for the Colts and chat I've already seen you guys uh some of you guys putting in there who you think would be good fits make sure you're throwing in your answers and I'll highlight them here at the end of each position group so drake kick it off for us buddy who do you think uh would be some really good cornerback fits in this draft class for the indianapolis colts and why so i think uh right out of the gate i i do think that kool-aid mckinstry he's more of the early round guy uh he was without question the best defensive back for alabama he's got the length he's got the kind of 
I think, physical prowess that you're looking for in a Gus Bradley defense because you have to think about the coordinator here. Gus Bradley's a secondary guy. Okay, he's very much attuned to the secondaries and linebackers more than he is a defensive front. That's more Charlie Partridge's thing. Um, I, I just think that Kool-Aid McKinstry at Alabama, he exhibited enough physicality and enough of that length with his arms to really fit Gus Bradley's scheme. So if the Colts chose to go his way, I realistically, I don't think they're going to. I'm just going to make that very honest. But there is still a chance they can make it happen because you know what? You never know what's going to happen in the draft. What they see is far different than what we see. Um, but more of the mid-round guy would be a guy like TJ Tampa. Uh, I absolutely loved TJ Tampa at Iowa State. So I'm actually looking at the grades here. He was just behind Miles Purchase at 78.3 coverage grade. And if you look at this guy's stats, that's where it really kind of kind of sticks out to me. The guy stood out in the pass defense game. He stood out in um, the run defense. He provided a lot of support in the backfield. He would penetrate those gaps. He would hit the edges, and he would tackle those running backs for loss, which, look, if you can have a cornerback that makes those kind of plays, it really screws up your, your offensive counterpart because they're, they're, they're anticipating defensive backs don't like to tackle. I know that's a real stupid thing to hear sometimes, but it's true. A lot of times you look at the stats, defensive backs, they don't tackle effectively. I think TJ Tampa completely I, – I think that he overshoots that notion. He'd be a nice mid-round guy. And then later I think Kyrie Jackson from Oregon, he obviously transferred, but he was one of the best corners, one of the best cover corners for Oregon. And I think that if you're going to double dip, you'd see something more like – you know, maybe a second round pick at corner and then maybe a fifth, sixth round pick at corner or first round. And then you'll see like fourth or fifth. I just I just think that that he really fits again, kind of back to Kool-Aid McKinstry. I think that Kyrie Jackson with his, uh, you know, body type, I think that he fits what Gus Bradley wants to do. He wants to be more physical, but he also still has a little bit of speed to keep up with some of those receivers. And hell, if he hits, he's a bargain pick because he's not going to be a day one or probably even day two guy. Yeah, I, I I love those guys, you know, especially TJ Tampa, uh, uh, Kyrie Jackson. Uh, I think when when you're looking at the cornerback position for the Indianapolis Colts, that's one of the positions that they are more uh, more strict on in terms of you have to reach a certain height and a, and a certain weight. You know, yep. the Colts, Chris, ba not only Chris Ballard but Gus Bradley are both are both in line on this. They want big, tall, long, physical cornerbacks so you the cornerbacks are usually at or above six foot at or or more than 200 pounds or in the case of kenny moore even though he's kind of small you look at kenny moore's wingspan he has some of the longest arms out at the cornerback position in the nfl so you have to have those types of traits so so your early round guy was kool-aid mckinstry i think mckinstry was probably could be late first uh maybe early second but for me i'm going with the guy that we've been gushing over since the senior bowl and that's quinion mitchell out of toledo you know uh, I, I think he would be a deep perfect fit uh, for the Indianapolis Colts at the cornerback position. You know, he's a big, uh, long physical corner, six foot one, 200 pounds. Uh, and, and he's just, his athleticism just jumps off the charts. You know, you, you look at a guy that, that has the speed to stick with any wide receiver down the field. Uh, he's a very smart cornerback uh, and, and he's got ball skills too. You know, six interceptions the past two seasons, returned two of those for touchdowns. And, and while some people might knock him for playing at Toledo uh, it was because he did that by choice you know after he had a couple seasons under his belt he had offers to transfer to bigger power five schools he wanted to finish it out at Toledo and and when you saw what he did at the senior bowl I know Noah was there firsthand and Noah saw saw everything there uh, uh, you know Mitchell was covering all over the field, you know, and, and really the only guy that was able to catch anything on him was Roman Wilson, who was arguably the best wide receiver that week at the senior bowl. So uh, he has 43 pass def passes defended and six interceptions over his last 27 games, just elite ball skills from Quinion Mitchell would be an absolute, would be the perfect fit opposite of Juju Brents. My mid round pick, a guy that I think could get on day two, I should say probably, probably second round is TJ Tampa. Drake loved what you said. Said, again, another big physical corner um, over six foot. I think he's six foot two, uh, around 200 pounds, has good arm length. Uh, I think a, a 
unofficially they're about 32 and a half inches but he match again matches up well with receivers is able to follow them down the field has the speed to stick with them can operate in press man off zone similar to mitchell he's he's really good at press man and off zone which is what the colts like love to run so they they just fit really what the colts want to see want in their cornerback so if the colts don't go with mitchell in round one because they're gonna go with brock bowers in round one uh let's keep that train rolling here then tj tampa in round two would be an absolute home run pick for the indianapolis colts talking about a later round guy though i know stats matt already put it in the chat but cam hart out of notre dame we're going to talk about the notre dame connection here cam hart another big physical athletic cornerback six foot two 200 pounds was a team captain at Notre Dame, and he's going to test. Uh, he's going to be exceptional this week. All three of these guys, when they test at the combine and, and are doing those drills, going to do a hell of a job on the field. Going to get really high RAS scores for their athleticism. Um, um, and, and Cam Hart, I think, is somebody that you could probably get on day three, maybe a fourth or or a fifth round pick, probably on the fourth, probably a little higher, probably I, I would say fourth round pick at this point. But again, Cam Hart's a guy that you can put in man, you can put in zone and he's going to deliver either way. So all three of those guys, I think, would be perfect fits for the Indianapolis Colts. Wouldn't surprise me one bit if if any of those three end up on the Colts roster at the end of April. Yeah, and uh, just to preface real quick, if you hear screaming in the background, no one is getting murdered. It's just my newborn getting her diaper changed. So don't, uh, d- <laughs> don't worry. New, this is the new normal for the Horseshoe Huddle podcast as Drake and I become new dads. To introduce everybody to the screaming. Uh, <laughs> but no, um, absolutely love. Uh, I, I love the Quinion Mitchell pick. You know, that's that's a guy that um, we were talking about him early. And then after, after the Senior Bowl week, you know, he just jumps up in stock. And right now he's one of the top rated cornerbacks ahead of even a guy like Kool-Aid McKinster, who before the senior bowl, I think was rated before him. So he really showed a lot of, a lot of ability in the one-on-ones. Um, and, and look, everybody, me and Andrew can agree that Quinion Mitchell out of everybody, he's probably the best overall fit. And if the Colts wanted to take somebody at that number 15 overall pick, it's probably going to be Quinion Mitchell if they want to go defensive back. All right, let's look what the chat is saying, Drake. DSG Goodbar, our good friend, uh, says, I'm all aboard the Quinion Mitchell train, so we've got support there. Uh, Zen Edwards, Mitchell would be an excellent option, or Arnold. So Terry on Arnold, Arnold, the other Alabama cornerback, he's probably going to be the first cornerback off the board. Would not surprise me if he goes top 10, uh, maybe maybe even 11 to 13. Uh, If Arnold is there, I would think the Colts would probably take Arnold over Mitchell, but I just don't see Arnold being available when the Colts are up to pick, but he'd be a, gr- a great option. Uh, Stats, Matt, coming in here. We know the easy names, Arnold, Kool-Aid, Mitchell, Wiggins, Nate Wiggins from Clemson, Cooper DeGene, who I think would be another fantastic fit with the Colts out of Iowa, uh, but he's also talked about Cam Hart, TJ Tampa, Kyrie Jackson. Uh, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we're, we're taking all Stats, Matt's guys, as as he said. Uh, so so it's, it's, it's very... Uh, stats matt we at least know that you know football buddy uh joshua belfield says keep up the good work fellas i enjoy all the videos y'all put out y'all definitely do your homework and know what you're talking about well thank you so much joshua we appreciate all the all the support buddy uh and then noah compton here you sure you're not a contributor for the indie draft guide to stats matt perfect plug because i forgot to mention it at the beginning Go pre-order the Indie Draft Guide, guys. Uh, you know, just $9. And actually, there's a promo code that I'll get to. Uh, but for just $8.99, if you use the draft code, if you use the code DRAFTMIS at checkout, gets you the pre-order for over 225 prospects with write-ups, their fits with the Colts, special features. It's the guide that Drake and I are going to be using all draft season. So make sure you go. The link is in the description below. Make sure you go to the site enter the code draft miss for a dollar off and pre-order the indie draft guide so look at look at noah compton uh coming in here reminding me uh of how to actually do my job and, and do it well by uh promoting the indie draft guide so so really really do appreciate that uh let's move to the safety position drake because honestly the the safety position for the colts is could be an underrated need you know um but it's 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 a safety class that 
doesn't necessarily have a first round talent. So you're probably looking at guys in, in the mid to later rounds uh, if the Colts are going to get a safety, but so much can change at this position currently. You know, Julian Blackman is a free agent, Nick Cross and, and, and Rodney Thomas, while Cross played quite a bit to end the year and the Colts, I think, are, are ready for him to take over. Is he going to take over at free safety or strong safety if Blackman leaves? And what about Rodney Thomas II? Can he step back up? I don't know if the Colts have that confidence in him. So safety could be a, a place where the Colts add not only in free agency, but in the draft as well. Yeah, and look, we we, we, we could go both scenarios. If they re-sign Julian Blackman, you still need depth, okay? If they don't re-sign Julian Blackman, you are literally looking at Nick Cross and Rodney Thomas as your safeties. So in that case, you need to go at the highest end of the safety selection that you have in the 2024 draft so either way the Colts probably could use a safety of some sort and we're going to dive into that position group right now yeah and I think the safe for this when you're looking at this safety group obviously you want guys again high athleticism you want guys that uh, especially are, are smart in the backhand able to cover the, the 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 deep half of the field especially if Nick Cross is moving to the strong safety position uh do you want to be able to challenge uh, uh Rodney Thomas there and if Nick Cross is going to play more in the in the slot or in the box excuse me but either way depth at the safety position is needed so for my first guy I think this guy is the number one safety in the draft and it's Tyler nubbin out of minnesota you know uh, a guy that that i think is is able to play any whichever position you need him to play in in this for the safeties you know he can play that that deep half of the field as as the deep cover guy at the free safety if you need him to play in the box or down close to the line of scrimmage he can do that as well you know he's a, a good word for him is is fearless you know he's he's not afraid to go after the football uh whether it is in coverage he's not afraid to go after uh, a running back or, or someone with the ball and and make a hard tackle he can play all over the field just just kind of a a, a, a movable chess piece for Gus Bradley, and I really, really think that that Nubbin would be a good fit for the Indianapolis Colts. If you're looking for another guy that's probably that second, third round rage, Cameron Kinchins out of Miami, a guy that was down there at the Senior Bowl. Uh, this guy, definition of a ball hawk. You know, looking at Cameron Kinchins, I, as, according to uh, looking at the stats here, and and I, I this one uh, from Dane Brugler of the Athletic really stood out to me. Uh, he said that Kinchins was the first Miami player to. Re- reached 10 career interceptions since Sean Taylor. Rest in peace to Sean Taylor, the great safety who, who went to Washington afterwards. Uh, but man, that that just screams of a ball hawk. You know, Kinchins was also really good at the Senior Bowl, somewhere that the Colts place a lot of uh, stock into. So, uh, I mean, he probably isn't the fastest guy. Uh, definitely is, is a risk taker, so he can give up some big plays. But that's that kind of comes with being the ball hawk so do you want to kind of switch that out and and go after more interceptions uh we'll, we'll, we'll kind of have to see but but i think kinchins is going to to have a really good week at the combine as well and then another guy that i think you could possibly get again all these guys are probably day two guys if you're wanting to see the colts take a safety to have an immediate impact probably on day two second or third round uh my final safety i'm going to talk about is cole bishop out of utah cole bishop uh a guy that he 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 again kind of in the same realm as as tyler nubbin you can play him as a deep safety you can play him in the box uh has good versatility as a safety which i think the colts like their safeties to have you know julian blackman plays both free safety and strong safety Nick Cross, both both free safety and strong safety. They want to make those guys interchangeable. It kind of helps with the disguises of the defense as well. So, uh, but no matter when I was, well, I turned on a couple of film, couple of games of Cole Bishop, and really no matter where he was on the uh, on the field, effort that high motor from Cole Bishop. So I think he would probably be more on on the depth piece end to start and could potentially be a starter on this defense. But I think the way how how hard Cole Bishop works, you can just see it in the way he plays uh would would fit the culture of this Colts defense so so to me those are my top three safeties that I'm going to be watching this week at the combine to see how they perform Nubbin Kinchins and Bishop 
Yeah, and you know, look, I absolutely loved – you'll hear that one of my picks was actually one of yours as well, but I'm going to start off with Jaden Hicks from Washington State. Um, you know, Jaden Hicks, he's, he's more of a big physical – type of safety I think that he brings exactly again I always have to go with what Gus Bradley wants you know he's more of a secondary guy uh, but he did only have three interceptions the last two seasons of his career but where he really excelled was that run defense and he's more of your strong safety so if you do even if you do retain Julian Blackman okay you're talking about like you said even with nubbins it's probably an early second round pick at the highest so Maybe you want to shore that up and you want to push Nick Cross because, again, you traded up to get Nick Cross, you know, when you drafted him. So uh, I, I do think that Jaden Hicks has some allure to him. And then, of course, my middle round guy was 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 Cameron Kinchins. And it's exactly what you said. It's because the guy just goes out there and he's a ball hawk. I mean, he has six interceptions in 2022, five interceptions in 2023. For a safety to get those types of numbers, that's fantastic. You know who that's reminiscent of? If you want to compare college to pro numbers, that's Jesse Bates from the Falcons, who absolutely destroyed the Colts. Okay, I think he got one of his six interceptions against the Colts, if mm -hmm. I'm not mistaken. So you're talking about safety is, is overlooked. Cornerback is the glamour position in the secondary right now. Safety gets overlooked outside of guys like Antoine Winfield and the aforementioned Jesse Bates. I do think that Cameron Kinchins could be a, a – Deal. If you re-sign Julian Blackman and you're like, we got Blackman and we got Cross, because look, people, if they re-sign Julian Blackman, they're putting Cross at the free safety. They're not going to put Rodney, uh, Rodney Thomas there. So I, I think that if you do bring him in to compete with a guy like Daniel Scott, I think that Cameron Kinchins could be awesome. And then there's, I think it's Sion Vaki from Utah, who... I think our own Jake Arthur actually interviewed him at the senior bowl week. And he said, you know, Julian Blackman was a guy or, uh, that, you know, that I, that I looked up to, you know, Julian Blackman's a guy that I play like that's a late round type of steal. That's a guy who can really do it all. He's a little bit more versatile. He's kind of a big guy that you could put in sub packages. You could put him at strong. You could put him at free. And again, with the safety position, it's, all going to hinge on what they decide to do with Julian Blackman because if they keep him, you're probably not going to see a guy like Jaden Hicks. You're probably not going to see, uh, you know, a high end safety. You might see more of right. a day two, day three selection. But if they don't take Julian Blackman, they need to prioritize that position because it was. It was so much different in weeks 17 and 18 when Julian Blackman was out with that shoulder injury. That was a different Colts secondary because he's the communicator and the general of the secondary and makes a lot of calls that you just did not see in week 18 against the Texans with uh, Cross and Thomas Jr. So, or, or Thomas II. So I really do think that safety, whether it's depth or starter, the Colts are really going to look into that. And I wouldn't be surprised regardless if they pick one. And a lot of this can change after free agency. You know, there's going to be some decent safeties Proof. out there for cheap. You know, a guy that I'm really high on in, in as a free agent is Alohi Gilman from, from the, the Los Angeles Chargers. You know, I think he'd be an absolutely perfect fit. A former Notre Dame guy uh, would be great at free safety, a guy that's trending upwards. So it's going to be interesting to see how the Colts handle the safety position before the draft. I think that'll give us a good indication if safety is going to be a higher priority as we head towards uh towards the draft here in april so we've talked about the secondary for for most of the show drake let's go to the front seven and, and give those guys some love starting with the guys up front charlie partridge's group the defensive line so I know some some Colts fans are calling for an edge rusher rusher early. Uh, definitely, there's a need to add some depth behind uh, uh, the defensive tackles in the middle with DeForest Buckner and Grover Stewart to get some some depth in there, especially for for Grover Stewart's position at the one technique. But as far as if the Colts are going to prioritize edge early in the draft. I, I'm just not, I just don't see it. You know, I, I the Colts are really high on Samson Ebukam, Quiddy Pay, and Dio Odangbo. You know, they've invested a lot in Pay and Odangbo uh, with first and second round picks, both of them entering year four. Odangbo will be on a contract year. If, if Pay doesn't, if Pay doesn't uh, have his fifth year option picked up, he's also on a contract year. And both those guys are coming off of career years as well. Yes, they both still need to improve Pay uh, as, as a consistent pass rusher uh, uh odangbo probably needs to to improve in some areas as well but i, I don't 
I don't think that the Colts are. I think the Colts are more looking at outside help. What the pa- the pass catchers, uh, uh, the cornerbacks early in the draft, and and to me it seems like pass rusher is going to be a, a mid to late round pick. Uh, but still, you're looking at guys that are going to be extremely athletic, really long arms, that quick, explosive first step. Those are the type of players, the players that are going to get consistent pressure on the quarterback, and then inside on the on the defensive line at defensive tackle guys that are big run stuffers i think those are the the types of guys that you're going to look at or who the colts are going to look at potentially in this draft class yeah and look you're coming off of the indiara sack record of 51 and i think the colts told everybody this is just like a, a theory they told everyone their draft uh strategy with with edge rushers when they canned Nate Ollie effectively and they brought in Charlie Partridge they're saying that we have the guys we think are successful we we think we've got it all right here we just need a guy who's going to help them with fundamentals who has an aggressive approach who has an exotic approach and again go read Zach Hicks's piece our own Zach Hicks's piece on Charlie Partridge's approach to to to, you know defensive front you know uh, strategy if you will I think that the Colts are are okay with who they have. I think that, if anything, they're going to address more of the depth edge rusher, but definitely the depth interior because we saw what happened when uh, DeForest Buckner was all alone without Grover Stewart. You just double-teamed DeForest Buckner, and you just move Taven Bryan to the side. you got yourself a beautiful run lane right at the middle. So they're going to probably, if anything, I would expect them to draft somebody on the interior higher than they will somebody on the edge. I see stats. Matt has already put his guys in the chat and buddy, we're going to talk about all three of them. So all three of your guys are going to get taken. But before we do that, I do want to address Noah's question here. What do you think about the early Grenard Colts idea? So Jonathan, uh, I think it's Jonathan Grenard. Uh, if I, if I remember correctly, a pass rusher for the Texans, uh, who's going to be a free agent, fairly productive, uh, with the Texans as well. A guy that I think would really fit Gus Bradley's, uh, uh system. You can have him be be a rotational edge player uh, probably would be the the guy that you'd put behind uh, Samson Ebukam, in my opinion. Uh, Samson Ebukam and Grenard on one side, Pei and, and Odangbo on the other. Boy, man, I, I would love that idea. I just don't know. I think Grenard's going to have a bigger market uh, uh, than the Colts are going to be willing to pay. But if not, man, I would love the idea uh, of him being a rota- rotational pass rusher in Indy. He'd be able to provide quality snaps and and be able to get uh, consistent pressure on the quarterback yeah no a great name uh to bring up i mean grenard had 12.5 sacks last season and that was his career high by Mm 4.5 so you're talking about a guy that really lit up the stats but at the end of the day the texans didn't really have as consistent pass rush as they wanted not as consistent um uh you know i i guess stoppage of quarterbacks as they wanted and so it's crazy to say this, but 12.5 sacks for Grenard, when you look back at the tape, it could be a little bit more of, of, of I, I guess, a team effort, kind of like when Yannick Ngakwe had nine and a half sacks. You look back, a lot of those were cleanup sacks. Not saying that all of these from Grenard were cleanup sacks, but that's why Andrew's saying he'd be more of a rotational piece if the if the Colts did sign him, because Ebicom's the guy. I think Ebicom's the guy. I think Quidipay's the guy. But, man, if you did – Make that happen. You factor Grenard into all that with a guy like Taekwon Lewis, who, by the way, was third at QB pressures on the entire roster. Holy crap, you're talking about one of the most complete defensive end groups in the entire NFL, if not the most complete, because he had more sacks by three sacks than any Colt last year. Exactly. So, and then the thing is too, if he's there, uh, Taekwon Lewis probably isn't back. Uh, yeah. it's, it starts to get pretty crowded, but Hey, I mean, it, I think, I think overall Grenard's going to have a bigger market though. The Colts are willing to pay, but if he does, that's definitely a boost for this unit. So really Huge. good question, Noah. And, and we'll, we'll have to kind of continue to monitor that, uh, throughout, throughout free agency, but Drake, uh, which, which pass rushers are you looking at? Obviously it's probably not going to be a Dallas Turner who is, uh, uh probably the the number one pass rusher, uh, Leatu Latu. We'll kind of have to see. He was fantastic at the senior bowl. We'll kind of have to see how his medicals do at the combine. But who are some of the pass rushers that you think would be really good fits with the Colts uh, if the Colts do decide to take one in the earlier or even late rounds of the NFL draft? 
I'll start on the other end of things. I'll start on the late rounds. It's a guy that was actually on the same team as uh, Leatu Latu, and that is Grayson Murphy uh, for UCLA, who originally was with North Texas. Uh, I think it's the Mean Green as their mascot. So he goes from there, and he comes back, and he gets five sacks and then five sacks. So he's a depth guy, but he's also here's why I think the Colts would love him in the late rounds. He's played inside. He's played outside. And he's played defensive end. He's played every single position, and he can rush the passer. So I just think that that's a defensive end signing right there, a defensive end pick for the Colts. I think that they're going to go more depth. I truly believe that they think that – I still think that they think believe anyway that Pay and Odangbo are the guys. So I think that that makes a lot of sense. And then, of course, if we're going early and then mid – for interior to Vondre sweat. I've been all over this guy from Texas. He's an absolute monster. He uh, currently I, I'm looking here, six, four, 330 to 340 pounds. And this guy absolutely destroys the interior. So if you can get him and you're talking about putting him behind a guy like Grover Stewart, I mean, this is a guy that in a year or two could push Grover Stewart. And on top of that, right out of the gate, he's going to be behind him, and you're not going to miss a beat if Grover Stewart takes a breath. He's going to be more of like a second-round pick, I think. Potentially could be late first because he's that disruptive. I mean, at at defensive tackle, when you're drafting, you want a guy who's disruptive. Devondre Sweat is disruptive. He's like Vince Woolfolk, only more athleticism. So, um, And then I think a more realistic interior guy is Florida State's uh, Braden Fisk. Braden Fisk. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll steal what Andrew said about Braden Fisk just cause it's so accurate. Explosive. He comes off the line like a hammer. He's, he's ready to go. He can defend the run. He can rush the passer. He is Taven Bryan. If Taven Bryan could have hit that, that first round draft stock when he was picked by the Jaguars, he can defend the run and he can get after the passer. And that's what you want in a defensive tackle. And he'd be a perfect fit behind Grover Stewart. And at the height, he develops into something really special. So I think that those three guys would be key. I still think that Braden Fisk or Grayson Murphy are far more realistic than Tavondre Sweat, but I just think that if the Colts uh, address anything first, it's going to be that interior depth. Sweat is an absolute monster. So I, I do Scary. think that he'll probably go sooner than the Colts are looking to add depth. Yeah. But Braden Fisk, I mean, he's been your guy from, from the very jump of this draft cycle, Drake. That's that's one of Drake's guys. He's my Will and, Mallory. And he, yeah, he is, yeah, his <laughs> Will Mallory. And then, I mean, Fisk put on an absolute show at the, at the Senior Bowl. So uh, definitely would be, would, would be a pretty good pick for Indy. On my side, I'm going to go with a little bit different approach. No, none of my pass rushes are the same as Drake. I'm going to start out with a guy that I think Colts could pick up in the second, uh, maybe early third. That's Chris Braswell, the other Alabama pass rusher, uh, that not Dallas Turner. He actually uh, uh, led at the SEC and had one more pressure than, than Dallas Turner last season. Um, I think he had 56 overall. And when you're talking about what the Colts want out of the, if they're looking to add on the defensive line, it's, it's pressure, you know, consistent pressure getting after the quarterback. And this guy has a motor that just does not quit. I mean, whether it's against against the pass, against the run, he's always out there playing and giving it 100%. He's really explosive. Uh, I do think that he is still a little bit raw. Needs to needs to redefi- uh, have a defined pass rush plan, but he's an, as, as Noah says in the chat, he's an athletic freak. He's going to test out of the building at the combine, put on an absolute show. I think Braswell could be a really good start out as 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 rotational pass rusher strictly on on maybe those third downs where you just have a guy that pins his ears back and tell him to go get the football uh but but working with charlie partridge i think you could see braswell turn into a really solid pass rusher for the indianapolis colts for my depth guy in the middle i'm going mckinley jackson drake out of texas a&m uh, a guy that's six foot almost six foot two uh two 320 pounds but this guy is very twitchy explosive very athletic Uh, I think he's going to really show out at the combine as well. And that's what you want. You're going to want to put a a, a guy that's very athletic behind Grover Stewart, but just a guy, again, that eats up space in the middle can help against the run. And that's what McKinley Jackson uh, can do. You know, he's, he's got a good power to him uh, as well. Maybe he doesn't get off of blocks as, 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 as well as you might want. But again, a guy that you can get probably in the third, fourth round, 
and and he'd be a perfect fit behind Grover Stewart. So that way you're not asking Grover Stewart to go out there and play 70% of the snaps. You know, he can he can he can take some some plays off, be more be more rested because Grover Stewart, while he is still playing at a high level, he's gonna be over 30 years old. So so you definitely want to monitor that. But I think McKinley Jackson would be a perfect athletic nose tackle for the Indianapolis Colts. And then my final pass rusher, I'm going with the guy that's that's maybe one of the most raw pass rushers in the entire uh draft class. That's Austin Booker out of Kansas Drake. Uh a guy that's that's again, he's big, six foot six, two hundred and forty-five pounds only 505 total defensive snaps in his college career but he has all the physical traits that you want all the stuff that you can't that you can't really teach he's long he's athletic very twitchy he's got explosiveness so he's he's going to be a developmental prospect definitely this is a guy that you'd want to get in the on day three stash him allow him to 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 develop and get better but if you can, if you can, if you can mold that that ball of clay into something, he can be a really good uh, rotational pass rusher for you. So, so those are my guys. Braswell, if you're looking for a guy to to have more of an impact right away, uh, McKinley Jackson for that depth behind Grover Stewart would be a monster in the middle. And then if you're going to take a chance on a guy, give it to Austin Booker out of Kansas. I mean, a guy that that, that he's like I said, a moldable ball of clay uh, for Charlie Partridge and this and this defensive line staff. Yeah, and I absolutely love the Booker pick. I'm looking right here, and uh, two years at Minnesota, he played six games and got one, uh, no, two total tackles. But then as soon as he goes to Kansas, he has 40 solo tackles, 56 total, 12 for loss, eight sacks. That sounds kind of like the Anthony Richardson equivalent of a defensive end. So look, if a guy like that hits late, Holy cow, you look like a draft genius, which you know what Ballard likes to do. He loves to hit on those day two and three picks. Exactly. Uh, so, so defensive line, while it may not be at the top of the priority list, uh, the Colts always are looking to add in the trenches, both on the offensive and defensive line. So definitely pay attention to that. Now, with our final group, and and one that the Colts may need to add, considering uh, their, their $100 million man at this position is no longer with the team, that's linebacker. You know, of course you got your starters in, in Zaire Franklin and EJ Speed, but Shaq Leonard is no longer there, you know? And, and I think the Colts are probably looking at adding some uh, some better coverage uh, line linebackers there as well. So uh, maybe someone that, that can help defend uh, these these tight ends that you were talking about, Drake, these elite tight ends, uh, just to helping defend over the middle. So in my opinion, if the Colts are going to go linebacker, it's going to be a guy that has to have, again, that explosive speed to be able to cover all over the field because that's something that that the Colts missed when Bobby O'Karake left for the New York Giants. Uh, and, and, you, and when you don't have Shaq Leonard out there that can roam sideline to sideline, of course you've got great, you've got a good, a very good linebacker in the middle in Zaire Franklin, but you just don't have uh, that that coverage linebacker to add to your group. Yeah, and look, at the end of the day, the teams that really have, I mean, all four of the teams that were in the conference championship had an elite tight end, and you really need to be able to cover that group because there's actually teams out there like the Jacksonville Jaguars that are within your division that are able to take a guy like Evan Ingram, who's more of a, a big slot receiver, and they're able to just absolutely burn you with him. So, yes, you need to get better at covering in the middle. You you missed that with Bobby O'Karake leaving. You're missing that without prime Shaq Leonard on your team now, now with the Philadelphia Eagles. So not to say Zaire can't cover guys, not to say EJ can't get it done at times, but they still need that specialist, I think, at linebacker. I, I would agree, you know, and 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 that can be it. if you want to have EJ Speed in there uh, uh, for for to start on the running downs, and then you bring him out uh, to put a, the, the the coverage linebacker in on those third down situations. Uh, that that could be something that the Colts look into. So uh, we'll, we'll we'll just have to see. But I think there are some some coverage linebackers, especially that you can find in this draft class. So Drake, the guy that I think is at the top of the linebacker list. 
Edger and Cooper out of Texas A&M. Uh, I, in my opinion, the best linebacker in this draft class. Uh, I think that he's probably going to go before the Colts are, are looking at the linebacker position. Um, but but Cooper was pretty much the one of the main reasons that the Texas A&M defense was ranked inside the top 10 in all of FBS. Uh, Cooper led A&M in tackles, tackles for loss, sacks, and force fumbles talk about a guy that is that does it all that is edgerin cooper i think he's going to be uh well he's not going to test out of the building i think he is a solid athlete maybe not an exceptional athlete but you're looking at a guy that can cover uh from sideline to sidelines a really aggressive tackler has really good arm length as well uh kind of reminds you of a shaquille leonard really long arms uh and just is a is a menace all over the field so edgerin cooper in the second round uh i think would be where you would have to get him probably early second round again do the Colts go after a linebacker that early I'm not exactly sure uh but if 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 they do it's gotta be Edger and Cooper uh for me another guy maybe in in the uh the third round range Cedric Gray uh, uh maybe late second early third I should say Cedric Gray out of North Carolina Drake, if you're looking for a coverage linebacker, this guy is it. He's explosive. He's rangy, can cover ground in the passing game, like I said, but also in the run game. You know, uh, he does tend to miss some tackles. I think he's got 57 missed tackles uh, uh, in his three years at North Carolina. Definitely has to shore that up. And what was one of the main uh, issues for the Colts defense last year? Missed tackles. So have to have to shore that up. Uh, but he's got good. He's athletic high motor uh and, and he's got the speed to go from sideline to sideline you can you can just see the athleticism really pop off the screen when you watch him on film i think he's going to test very well this week at the combine and then if you're looking for someone a little bit deeper in the draft Tyron Hopper, uh, the linebacker out of Missouri, uh, six foot two, 221 pounds. Uh, he's got, again, this is one of the, one of the faster linebackers you're going to see in this class. He is a guy that can stick with linebacker or stick with running backs, excuse me, tight ends down the seam. Uh, he's, he's going to be a guy that, that you probably start out on special teams, but Hey, the Colts have had success with that. Zaire Franklin and EJ Speed both started out on special teams, worked their way up. Hopper could be the next in in that that line of developmental linebackers that end up having a big role with the Indianapolis Colts. So uh, I think all three of those linebackers, though, they're 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 athletic, they fly all over the field, and they're good in coverage. That's really what the Colts need uh, at the linebacker position uh, to pair alongside Zaire Franklin and EJ Speed. Yeah, and look, you know, at the end of the day, it's either that if you don't get a coverage linebacker, you want to get a linebacker that is a value pick because they're probably not going to go high on a linebacker, but they're also going to want somebody that's versatile. And so if I'm going back to front, I'm talking about, I think it's Edafuan Ulafogio from uh, Washington. So this is a guy that when you look at his college football reference uh, statistics, six years. Okay. Now he went through a lot, but then finished pretty strong. Uh, he had three sacks his, his final season. He had an interception. He had three passes defended. Here's the thing about uh, Lou Fugio is he has versatility at linebacker. So you could probably put him on the edge. You could probably also put him in coverage sets, but he could also defend the run. So that's a guy that in the later rounds, he might show a lot of value to a guy like Chris Ballard. Then Junior Colson from Michigan. I really liked him just because I feel like he really supports the run. I love linebackers that support the run, but he still has aspects of a coverage linebacker. He's only 200 and I think 25, yeah, 225, 230 pounds for a linebacker, which is very reminiscent of Shaquille Leonard's body weight. So this is a guy that I think with a guy like Cato June in the building, I really think that he could potentially get better at the coverage. I think that you might be able to already have that run defense prowess, but you're going to need to probably work with a guy like uh, Colston on his coverage skills. But the one that I think, if you're looking for a coverage linebacker, I think that uh, Peyton Wilson from North Carolina State absolutely love what I saw on tape from him. And you're talking about a guy that's got a career total of seven interceptions. He's got four in the last two years, three in his final year, six sacks, 138 total tackles. This guy's the whole package. Now he's more of your, I, I think a, a round two, round three guy, 
But man, if you really want to solidify that depth position at linebacker or the coverage spot, or even the, the, the LB3, if you want to call them that, because it's mostly speed and Franklin. And then after that, it's pretty much like Grant Stewart or uh, a Ronnie Harrison Jr. who was converted from safety to linebacker. If you want to solidify that, I really do think that a guy like Wilson makes a lot of sense. He's not going to be a first round pick. If he falls to the third round, holy cow, that could be a really nice pick for the Colts. And I think he offers a lot at a position where it's increasingly getting more and more apparent that it needs to be versatile as well. I think the big thing on Wilson is just going to be his medicals. You know, yeah. he's, he's had quite a bit, quite a few injuries. Some well, he's been there injuries. for five years. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I think he's, he's going to test out of the building. You know, he is an incredibly athletic linebacker. It's all going to be about those medicals. But uh, so let, let's look here. And we got the CFO Patrick Ryan here saying Edron Cooper and Peyton Willis full stop. Obviously our top two guys uh, uh, in this linebacker group. It's going to be interesting to see those guys probably going round two. If I would have to say patrick also says cedric ray is a depth piece project you can get in the third while cooper is a day one starter absolutely gray probably in the third is where i see him and then dsg Goodbar hopper is a good call definitely a development guy like they saw in speed so yeah. exact that's where that's where you got to look with i think the linebackers because they have those starters entrenched in franklin and speed you're not going to look necessarily for the, that high pick probably like they did with Shaquille Leonard when, when, when Ballard and when it was, was in his second season, you know, seeing that difference maker, unless they truly do see that difference maker in, in Edger and Cooper and, and think that he would, that he would really take this defense to, to the next level then then potentially. But but I think you're you're looking more at at depth piece at at that at those kind of linebackers to to kind of groom develop and, and then eventually uh, they, they they could uh, come on as starters. So we got our first super chat of the evening, Richard Horton. Thank you so much, buddy, for the five dollar super chat. He says, as always, a fantastic show, and I'm pretty sure Drake is getting thirsty. So Drake, you gotta you gotta take a drink. We don't have this is the first super chat of the night. Drake is still incredibly sober, so we need to get those super chats in here to, to get uh to get drake uh some some nice mo uh monday night juice in in his system here but uh uh defensive prospects for the colts as we went through all the positions drake the thing that stood out with all of these guys he like very high end athletes you know the colts if you haven't noticed it by now you need to get on board the colts are always going to go after those very athletic prospects they're going to bet on those high-end traits everywhere across the defense when you look at at the starters you know ebu common pay at, at end fantastic athletes stewart and and buckner great athletes franklin and speed great athletes brents more uh jones fantastic athletes the same with cross and blackman the, you have to be a high-end athlete if you want to be on the if if you're going to be on this colts defense it's it's as simple as that and and as this this team comes together when you get more talent combined with those athletes i and and more experience especially for the secondary that's where i, I think you're going to see this this defense take a next step yeah, and look, you know, they, they set the Indy era sack record. They had great moments with the linebackers. EJ Speed and Zaire Franklin looked fantastic. And Julian Blackman had himself a career season. And Kenny Moore looked great. Juju Brents looked great at times. But this team still needs more athletes. They still need more uh, uh, difference makers on defense. And they still don't have a designated number one or, or a difference-making pass rusher. Will that be Evacom? Will that be Odangbo? Will that be pay? It still remains to be seen. So that's why this draft is so interesting. And, mm -hmm. and that's why we did an entire episode on offense and defense because defense, at least I think, and I think Andrew thinks as well, is probably a bigger need as a whole than the offense is because you're just a couple pieces away from that offense being spectacular and Richardson staying healthy. For the defense, you need safety. You need corner. You probably need linebacker depth, and you need some interior depth. So there's more areas to address. That's why these seven picks for the Colts are going to be so crucial, and I still foresee a trade back at some point oh, from yeah. Chris Ballard. 
Oh yeah, the Colts aren't going to end with seven picks. There's going to be probably at least two more picks added to <laughs> to that hole to that hall. Excuse me, uh, before the draft is over. Let's That's talk right. about the latest Colts news and rumors, Drake. Before we send the good people out of here, uh, and and we're we're taking a look at at the Colts. Who's going to speak from the Colts uh, this week at the combine? It's always a good chance to kind of see where the decision makers are at. And of course, Chris Bowd and Shane Steichen are both going to speak at the NFL Combine on wednesday so it's going to be interesting to see to hear what they have to say shane steichen you're probably not going to get much out of him but it is still going to be good to kind of hear uh what the coach has been looking at and, and some of his opinions try to decipher what what those mean but it's chris ballard is going to be the interesting one because guys i say it every time we hear from chris ballard especially in the offseason he's going to leave those little nuggets of, of what he's thinking where he sees this draft class where the strengths of it are where the weaknesses are and and kind of where the colts are going to be looking so pay special attention to chris ballard's presser on wednesday uh, because there's bound to be some some good little nuggets of, of what the colts are thinking yeah with shane Sykes, and you'll hear shoot you'll hear fired up <laughs> and you'll hear excited perfect now, and, and with, a press conference <laughs> that's it <laughs> but with chris ballard i mean you already heard a little bit of it the secondary he talked about the secondary needs to improve he talked about quitting pay specifically improving at getting to the quarterback and I'm telling you, and Andrews wrote about this, listen to Chris Ballard, listen in depth. I know that there's the bingo chart and he says your, your stereotypical stuff, but he really is more in depth with his interviews and with his conferences than a lot of GMs are. He leaves you more than what most of these guys do. So just pay close attention to what he says, because if you listen closely enough, almost every single year he's been GM and he's done a press conference to any capacity. It usually happens with the way that the Colts go, especially with the draft. And you guys already know I plan on writing my analysis on both what Chris Ballard and Shane Steichen have to say at the Combine on Wednesday. So I'll, I'll tell you if I hear any of those nuggets. Uh, so make sure to read my piece uh, on those two uh, on Wednesday or Thursday. Sarah, adding to the, uh, the, the, the latest news and rumors, the Colts announced their new coaching hires today. So we already knew who these, who these hires were going to be. Obviously, Charlie Partridge as the defensive line coach. Alex Tanny as the pass game coordinator. Uh, and then I think it's Justin Hamilton. Drake, you're the one that wrote the piece on this. Justin Hamilton uh, as the assistant defensive backs coach, yep. uh, as well as some others that, that got some title changes. But all of the coaching and hires and all the staff changes are now in place for the 2024 season. Yeah, and look, uh, I, I believe it was the only one that wasn't mentioned there would have been Mike Minnis, who is now the... Um, my apologies. Is it the he director of sports performance? Rust, he, he, director, director of sports performance and placed a rusty Jones. So that's mm -hmm. a big role, bigger role than people are really talking about 35 right. years of experience. So, um, these weren't really anything that anyone didn't already know, but these are official and Hey, all of these new hires that they've got and adjusted positions. When you look at that coaching staff, it's very offensive centric and it's very young. Exactly. And then our final rumor today, not really about the Colts, but the Colts could have interest. And I saw uh, Patrick asked a question on X about this uh, uh, earlier this week. So so figured I'd, we'd add this in here, but the Dolphins, the Miami Dolphins, uh, it's been reported that they are going to release Xavier Howard, their former All-Pro cornerback, when free agency begins here in a couple of weeks. And, you know, could the Colts be a potential option? Drake, I know you wrote a piece on this uh, of, of the three reasons why the Colts should uh, sign Xavier Howard. So so what do you think? Why? Let's give it to us right here. Why do you think the Colts should go after Howard? And, and how realistic do you think it is? You know, uh, to make it very brief, I think that it's it's actually – I think it's more realistic than what it's not. Let's just say that. You're talking about a guy that has just, I mean, he's he's led the league in interceptions two different seasons, and he's coming off of 2022 being a Pro Bowl season. This is the first season where he just absolutely fell off, and the Dolphins were like, you know what? We're good. I think the Dolphins are going more young. He is 30, which 30 is the magical age to really start to get concerned about cornerbacks. Let me take you back to Stephon Gilmore, okay, who absolutely balled out for the Indianapolis Colts. 
This gives me Stephon Gilmore vibes. I think that Xavier Howard gives me a lot of Stephon Gilmore vibes. He had nobody to help him out outside of a betting Isaiah Rogers who got canned from the team. I'm telling you, you got Xavier Howard. You sign him. I think that he's going to be warranted more of like a $9 million, $10 million a year contract. He's not going to make top dollar. I think that him and Kenny Moore with Juju Brents and, and, and Jalen Jones and Dallas Flowers or Quinion Mitchell, I mean, my God, I just think that he makes perfect sense to hire for the Colts, to sign for the Colts, I think a one- or two-year deal. More like, I think two years, I think I predicted two years, $18 million a year. Let this guy go out there and prove it and make him prove that he still has it because over the last seven, eight years, he's been one of the best defensive backs in the NFL. He had one down year. The Dolphins cut ties with him. I just think he makes perfect sense for the Colts with their cap situation. Yeah, definitely coming off of a down year last season. Um, I'm going to be very interested to see what type of market Howard Howard gets. You know, uh, I mean, he's he's a guy that, like you said, Drake, he is closing in on 30. Uh, so that is usually the the magical number where you typically see cornerbacks start to fall off. Uh, I know i know that patrick is, is all in on the kendall full that's train. also a good sign uh he says he's playing like doo-doo butter recently <laughs> kendall filler train hop on board patrick just being an absolute menace in the doo-doo butter every every single every <laughs> single evening um but but you, you never know you know it, it, it you do make a good point it does kind of you know you, you could talk about uh uh the 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 comparison to Stefan Gilmore, I think Gilmore was playing at a higher level uh, uh, than than Howard, but you never know. You know a change of scenery, uh, being doubted, uh, it it could bring some life into Zayvon Howard and bringing some 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 uh, uh, some some experience into that cornerback room. Not a bad thing with how young the group is. So uh, and then Patrick coming in late with the five dollar super chat. He says, "Do yourself a favor and check out Andrew Van Ginkle from Miami to take over Tyquan Lewis's spot on the roster." And and Van Ginkle is is honestly a a, a very interesting prospect uh, that, that the Colts could potentially look at, especially in the later rounds of the draft drake i don't know if you've really looked into uh to van ginkle very much um but but it, it could be interesting to see uh, he's a guy that that probably would take over uh taekwon lewis's role rotational pass rusher not a guy that that you're going to give big snaps to but a guy that i think is going to get for a consistent pressure excuse me a free agent not a draft pick i am I, maybe i'm the one that's drunk over here uh but but drake what do you think of van ginkle and and do you think it would be a a good fit for the colts so so it, actually yes because patrick direct messaged me about uh, andrew van ginkle Yes, he is a Tyquan Lewis type of guy. And look, I loved Lewis in 2023. 44 pressures on quarterbacks. Dio had 29. Quiddy had 28. Tyquan Lewis was, as Andrew loves to say, the NASCAR package type of guy. I'm telling you, if you can get a guy like that on a rookie deal, as much as the Colts love Tyquan Lewis, they're probably not going to keep him. If they really think a guy like Andrew Van Ginkle can replace Tyquan, it's a business at the end of the day. They're going to absolutely let Tyquan go to the free market to potentially have a higher depth chart position somewhere else, and they'll have him. But, man, I'm telling you, yes, go look at the tape on Andrew Van Ginkle. He's very similar to Tyquan Lewis, only better health. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Patrick, for the super chat. Apologies on, on my mess up there, but uh, <laughs> appreciate all of your support, buddy. So, so Drake, we've gone through the offense. We've gone through the defense. Uh, this, this NFL combine is going to be probably one of the, one of the more fun uh, combines that, that we're going to watch in, in some time, you know, last year as, as, as the P as cup, as, two guys covering the Indianapolis Colts uh we were all about the quarterback position you know you and I were there took in all the quarterback workouts and 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 really digested everything that we saw from guys like Anthony Richardson and and CJ Stroud this year we're your focus is is really really on the entire the entire draft class you know because yeah. the Colts could go so many different ways with that first round pick and and with this and beyond you know or do they go uh uh 
with a cornerback first round or is it a wide receiver plot twist is none of those good it's going to be brock bowers but behind brock bowers is it going to be a cornerback do they look for for depth along the defensive line uh where's a wide receiver added uh, because you know they want to get more explosive on offense so the, these these testing these testing numbers are going to be so important to find out which are, are the top level athletes in this class and who the Indianapolis Colts are likely going to be targeting when the draft comes at the end of April. Yeah, look on the defense, they need starters, they need depth guys, they need they need like super depth guys, like they need special teamers. The Colts are constantly evaluating the defense. And, and when you look at how they performed last season, especially once guys went down, they realized on the interior and, and uh, you know, with the cornerbacks and even the safeties, they need depth guys. And so it's not glamorous to talk about depth positions and outside of the first and second rounds, but the Colts nail their day two and day three picks a lot. Say what you want about Ballard. He's very good at evaluating talent when no one else is evaluating it. And that's usually after day one. So look out for a lot of positions on, on defense with offense. It's very clear what they need on defense. It's very unclear and it's different this year because it's not just a quarterback that they need and the coach and the quarterback are out of the way. So keep tabs on every position, especially on defense for the Colts this season during the combine and during the NFL draft. And as we wrap up the show here tonight, Patrick with the $5 super chat. Thank you so much for your support, buddy, as always. And definitely go to Patrick's Twitter and check out the CFO's best ever mock draft. He doesn't have enough followers. Go follow Patrick Ryan. Yes, go follow Patrick Ryan on X. Andrew Moore approved. Yes, saw the saw the mock draft, <laughs> told him to inject it right into my veins. Loved every second of that mock draft. So make sure you go check that out. But regardless, guys, it's NFL Combine Week, and it's going to be a fun one. So that's our show for this evening really appreciate everybody tuning in and talking uh some defensive prospects with us tonight shout out to our super chats from richard and and patrick and everyone else that joined us on the show uh it was a it was a fun night real fun night and and make sure to enjoy all things nfl combine this week and and get out there watch those prospects so you know who the Colts potentially will be taking in April. If you haven't done so, please go check, uh, follow us on all of our socials like horseshoe huddle on Facebook, follow at Colts on FN on X and subscribe to the horseshoe huddle YouTube channel. Hit that bell. So, you know, when Drake and I go live every Monday and Thursday night and for special breaking news episodes. So you'd never miss us live. And if you can't catch us on YouTube, no worries. Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever you listen to podcasts, we're on there as well. So make sure you subscribe, give us a five, star review so we can reach other Colts fans just like you also don't forget to pre-order the indie draft guide over 225 prospects going to be in the 2024 edition of the indie draft guide with features uh fits for the Colts their strengths their weaknesses all of it it's the guide that Drake and I are going to use all draft season use code draft miss at checkout to get a dollar off and the link is in the description so make sure you get your pre-orders in for the indie draft draft guide drake as we wrap up go tell the people what you've written on horseshoehuddle.com that they can go check out so i did the the strongest and weakest position groups i did the fact that uh the colts uh off-season plans will actually be different because of the salary cap news and then of course i i highlight why the colts should consider xavian howard so just please go be easy on me please go <laughs> look at my reasoning why the former Dolphins receive uh, the former Dolphins defender would actually be a fantastic acquisition for the Colts. Absolutely. Make sure you go check those out for myself. Got a piece on there of which position groups and players the Colts are going to be looking at uh, most diligently uh, at the NFL combine this week. So did a little bit of a deep dive into that. So make sure to check that out. And then I will also have my analysis from the Chris Ballard and Shane Steichen pressers at the combine on Wednesday. Again, he's going to leave some nuggets guys. So make sure you check out my piece on that to, in order to see what those nuggets are, what the Colts might might be thinking moving forward. So check out those as well as all the other fantastic articles uh, from our staff at horseshoehuddle.com. Go follow Drake at D Drake. You can follow me at Andrew Moore NFL, and we'll be back 
Thursday night to talk about the combine, what Chris Bowden and Shane Steichen were talking about, and everything else Colts football to catch you up on all the different news, the latest rumors, everything. We're going to be here talking Colts football again on Thursday night. So until then, enjoy the week, enjoy the NFL combine, and we'll see you soon, Colts fans.